Welcome to another episode of Trans Confessions, A Very Queer Journey. I am your host, Jinx the Wonder Girl. I am very happy to be here with you today. Today's episode is basically going over, well, the Trans Day of Visibility. Although we're a day late, we don't do our shows on Thursdays, so I figure we can discuss Trans Day of Visibility today. So, today's episode, we have a very special guest with us. We're going to get to meet her today, talk about some of the things that she's been doing in her life, some of her experiences. Um, she's already a little bit of a star, so um, we're going to get a chance to talk to her about that as well. That's coming up very soon in the episode. I do want to let everyone know that viewer discretion for these episodes is absolutely advised. This is an explicit show. We do say things that are trigger triggering. We do talk about subjects that are triggering, and I don't have a very clean mouth. So, if you have young viewers who might be listening or possibly watching over your shoulder, viewer discretion is advised. Again, I am your host, Jinx. Our co-host, Daphne, will not be able to attend with us today. She's actually in a meeting with another business associate currently. <clears throat> Excuse me, my voice is taking a dive today. Want to let all of our listeners know that we do stream on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, and sometimes TikTok. Today we are not streaming on TikTok because, well, it's TikTok and I don't care. So um, we stream every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. The stream typically starts at 11.30 Central Standard Time and lasts about an hour to an hour and a half. It depends on where the show goes. So without further ado, I would like to introduce all of my viewers, all of my guests to our guest today. Her name is Madison. Madison, Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, thank you for having me on. It's uh, definitely an honor and a pleasure to be able to chat with you for a little while. I'm so happy you were able to join us today. I'm very excited to talk to you, learn more about you. I'm sure my guests and fans are also very, very excited to learn more about you. So to kind of start off, um, we know your name is Madison. You do not have to give your last name on here if you don't want to. Could you please kind of tell us um, what it is you do for a living as a trans woman of visibility? Well, my, for one thing, my last name is Wilkins, Madison Wilkins, and uh, it's out there. So I'm not really worried about uh, anyone finding out that last name when it's on the front of a television show and in the guides and everything that it shows. Not much I can do to hide there. Um, I do work for a major Central Florida theme entertainment complex. Um, I haven't had a chance to uh, get a permission from them to say exactly where, but I'm sure you'll probably be able to figure it out. Um, I'm actually a trainer and a facilitator there. Um, I love working with new cast members. Um, sometimes groups of them, I get to take them around the property, introduce them away, and uh, get to interact with a lot of guests and a lot of other cast members. And I, I love what I do. I'm so happy to hear that. And yes, we don't want you to say anything that might get you in any trouble. If you don't have permission, please, please don't slip up and say that. Um, I think it's absolutely wonderful um, because you did get a chance to tell me where you work. And I think that's great. Um, I've always been a big fan of that um, most of my life. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about your celebrity. So you got a chance to be on the show. <laughs> Um, well, I really don't cool know show. if I would call it as a celebrity, but. <laughs> All right, maybe like not super celebrity, but you're still a pretty celebrity. Um, can you tell us about how you got on the show and what the show is about? Well, the uh, name of the show is called Finding Adventure with King of Cups. 
And uh, I'm episode number five called, um, I believe the name of it is um, Getting a, a, a Chance to Be Who She Really Is. Um, although for some reason I'm drawing a blank, maybe it's a little bit of nerves. Um, but uh, they did film here in June of last year. Um, a friend of mine had uh, spotted an advertisement for it on Facebook, forwarded it to me and said, hey, you have kind of an interesting story. This is something that uh, they might be interested in. So I applied, didn't hear anything back from a while and kind of forgot about it a little ways. And then all of a sudden they emailed me out of the blue and said, are you still interested in doing this? And I said, sure, why not? And then from there was a number of Zoom calls with some of the producers and uh, they asked me some questions and uh, did a little bit of the video and uh, they ultimately ended up choosing me to represent one of two people here in Orlando, Florida. That's amazing. That's like so exciting. Um, there's been so many times where I've applied to go and like and do something just like that. And, and, and very similar to your experience, like you hear nothing. Um, <clears throat> but for me, like nothing ever came of it. It's just like, oh, sad. Um, so I'm so happy that they reached out to you. Um, would you like to tell us kind of like the story of the show, what you went through, how it went, um, sure. maybe some of the behind the scenes things? <laughs> um, I would love to. I would love to. Um, like I say, the name of the show is Finding Adventure with uh, Kinga Phillips. Um, it airs on a station called Very Local. Um, it's actually a nationwide station where they have uh, streaming shows that continuously run. And then there's actually local feeds, if you're in one of about 58 markets or so, I think it is, um, where they pipe in local news and local stories and things like that. But some of the shows, like this one, um, run all across the United States. So it was an excellent opportunity to do that. And the premise of the show is Kinga comes by and meets folks who need a little adventure in their life and takes them out and does some things that they might not normally do and gets to hang with them for a few days. That's really cool. I think that's a cool premise. I did have a chance. Um, I downloaded on um, Roku, the very local app. Um, I did a search, I found the episode. I just gotta say, amazing episode. You look great. You look great today too, by the way. Um, so as far as the show, it looks like you guys got Thank to do you. a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, um, Kinga took me on three different adventures. Um, one of one was a obstacle course zip line, another one was airboating, and another one was what they call a room where I got to just smash stuff with hammers and take out a few frustrations. And uh, they were all very, very fun things that, um, and another premise of the show is that it's stuff that you can do that's near you, that's very local for you. And I had no idea some of these things exist, despite the fact that I've lived here in Florida for seven years now. I mean, I think we all kind of fall in that category. Um, I obviously run my show and broadcast live from Texas. I've been living in Texas, well, on and off since 2007. And there's so many things that were that you can do in this state. I had no idea. Um, so yeah, I mean, I kind of took a little bit uh, from your page and started researching with my wife. Like, okay, what are some of the first things we could do here that maybe we didn't know about? Yeah, um, one of the, in fact, the airboat ride is literally just 10 minutes away from my house, and it's the headwater of the Everglades. So if you were to continue on that and keep following it, it would take you all the way through the Everglades and all the way out to the Atlantic Ocean and, and, uh, Carib and uh, uh, Gulf of Mexico. 
So you can get there practically anywhere. And in fact, I think the, the Guidian said that from here, we can get anywhere in the world. That's amazing. Like that's so cool. I miss living near, near water. I really do. Um, I've lived on the East Coast before and I do miss it. Probably going to go back there at some point just because I do like the idea of I can hop on a boat and go anywhere I want in the world from here. Um, but yeah, I think that's just amazing. Some of the adventures you got to do while you're out there on the show um, just look so fun. They were. They, they were a ton of fun. And I can't say enough positive things about the co-host King Phillips. Um, I'm lucky enough to consider her a friend of mine. Um, we've stayed in contact even after the show. So I'm sure I'll probably hear something about it from uh, from her if she's tuning in. If not, I'm sure she will. And she'll let me have it. Um, she's an experienced broadcast professional, having done hundreds of television shows for CNN and Travel Channel and at Geo. And she had her own night on Shark Week, for for guy's sake. Um, so, and she's, she's fantastic. I'm, I'm lucky to consider her a friend of mine even after the show has ended. And I think that's amazing. Um, King is an amazing content creator. She has this presence, if you will. Um, I, I would love to meet Kinga one day. I really would. Um, maybe even we do like a broadcast, have her come on the show and just talk about whatever she feels like talking about. Um, I did a lot of research. I found a lot of stuff that she's done. I did see her spots on CNN. Um, and it's amazing. I, I just wish I was as good as King is. You know, I'll get there one day, I'm sure. Um, so let's kind of change tracks here real quick. Um, I wanted to ask you more about kind of your personal life, if you're okay with that, um, and discussing your transition. Since we are kind of celebrating, although a day late, our Trans Day of Visibility, um, kind of discussing who you are and how you came to be. Uh, and again, no reason to go into anything that is too personal unless you're okay and comfortable with it. But I guess the best place to start is when did you know? Um, as it is for folks, and I, I don't have any problems talking about my background. I mean, they touched on it on the television show. I'm on various social media platforms. Um, I've got other projects coming in, but that's going to discuss it even more. So I'm, I'm comfortable discussing this. I knew when I was very young. I knew when I was probably five or six years old. Um, that something just wasn't quite right. I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, didn't have the education, the sources now. I'm like a million years old. So when I realized this, we're talking about the early 60s, uh, middle 60s, um, and the understanding of transition, um, as it's known now, and certainly much cruder terms back then, wasn't quite what it was now. So there was a lot of misunderstanding about it. Um, and I, it really didn't even dawn on me exactly what it was until I was probably nine or 10 years old. Okay. Um, that's, I mean, honestly, I've heard lots of my trans siblings um, express very similar things. I'm honestly not much different. Um, at what age did you finally, if you're okay saying that, at what age did you finally say, you know what, enough is enough. I need to kind of shed this fake facade and live as my authentic self. 
Well, that's a complicated question. When I was kind of, and I want to, I don't want to word diagnose like it's there's something wrong, but when they kind of pinpointed what it was back when I was a young kid, it was very frowned upon. Um, suffered a lot of uh, hardships along the way. So I crawled in the closet very early. Um, didn't come out for a long time, but I do remember a very watershed moment for me was um, my mom was cooking dinner. I was in the living room and Walter Cronkite came on. That shows you how old I am. He was doing a newscast about a tennis player named Renee Richards who was trying to break into the women's tennis game. And the term we use now had been through gender transition and it was making waves. And I remember distinctly hearing that story that she was formerly a man and has now transitioned. Um, and immediately, you know, the classic snap your head over and say, oh my God, what was that? That's exactly what happened to me. And from that day, I at least knew there was others out there like me and could kind of start to pinpoint things. Again, I think that's amazing. Um, that's, you know, I've heard a lot of people in our community call that an egg crack, like your egg kind of busted open a little bit and discovery happened. Um, I know there's lots of people out there who have one single egg crack and the eggshell just falls off and it's like, boom, there's a lot of other people where they slowly have to chip that egg away through multiple like gotcha moments, if you want to call it that. Um, it sounds like that was a big one for you, but I'm assuming that wasn't the only one you had um, throughout your life. Is there others that you know were very impactful or meaningful to you? There other times um, when I kind of discovered that, I kind of tried to do some research. Now, this was, like I say, I'm a million years old. This is long before the internet ever came along. Uh, so I was trying to do some research in libraries and reading books. And of course, um, I was mortified that somebody would see that. So I would try to find a book about the subject. And of course, I'd buy an atlas and hide the book inside the atlas and pretend I was just like casually reading an atlas to hide this. <laughs> um, and by doing that, I kind of learned what it was about a little bit. Um, I did make a kind of weak attempt at transition in the early 80s. Um, didn't really know what I was doing. Um, hadn't ever really heard of HRT. I was trying to portray the part. Um, wasn't very successful, not only personally, but some others uh, took a distinct advantage of that. Um, I was living in my car for a while after that. I had no job. Um, I was in really desperate times after doing that. And something, and I, I don't share this a lot, but I'll be happy to share it with you, is at that point in time, I had taken a look at my life and everything that had gone wrong from my parents and brothers and sisters disowning me and all the things that had happened to me up to that point, I kind of blamed it on Madison to talk about myself in that awkward third person. So at this point, after going through all that, and I tried to, to date guys, I tried to date men for a couple of, couple of years there because it's what you were supposed to do. And that never worked right for me. I didn't feel comfortable with that. So after a couple of years of that, we're up to about 1984 or so. And um, again, I was blaming Madison on everything. So I thought I 
this is horrible. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to stop. I, I can't do this. I'm going to go back into the closet. And then I met my wife. Um, and she definitely changed my life. Um, I stuffed Madison back in the closet and locked the door and put on the chains and buried it underground and covered it in rocks and did everything I could possibly do to maintain looking like a normal cis male and pulled it off for a lot of years um, until I couldn't anymore. That's a very familiar story, to be quite honest. Um, I think it's a common thread that runs through the transgender community, for sure. Um, I spent many years myself blaming Jinx for most of my problems and my ill will and my feelings. And obviously, all of that was wrong. <laughs> um, but I think, yes, it's very common amongst, and I'm not saying it's the absolute, it's, but it is very common amongst transgendered folks to feel that way. Um, and it's hard. It's very difficult to understand why we feel the way we do. Um, trying to pretend to be something we're not. And, you know, I gotta say, I feel like I'm a pretty good actress. Like, I pulled off a dude for a long time, and I was like, wow, I thought I was doing awful. But, you know, I made it, and I just couldn't do it anymore. So it is comforting to know that I have a trans sister who wants to be on the show that kind of went through a lot of the same things I did. And I'm, I'm hoping that you're sharing your experience and, you know, I'm not saying I'm a million years old, but I'm certainly not young either, that maybe we could be inspirations for younger generations who are doing the exact same thing that we once did, which is convincing ourselves that, no, these feelings are not right. This isn't the right thing to do. I'm going to shove this back into a box. I'm going to throw it in the closet. I'm going to set the closet on fire, whatever the case might be. Um, trying to get, you know, these feelings to go away. And, you know, I avoided mine for 28 years. It sounds like you avoided yours for a considerable amount of time as well. And no matter how long you ignore it, it just keeps coming back. Yeah, that's true. Like I say, I fought it for 28 years, and that led me up to about uh, 2015. Um, when I finally uh, had a chance to sit down and talk to my wife, um, it was not well received. Um, it was very difficult. Um, things fell apart quickly from there. And I, 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 I blame her. Um, I was not the per person that, um, she had married um, all those years ago. Um, so I, I can't really blame her. And it's Interesting, something I can look back now is, um, as I watched some of your uh, previous podcasts, um, there was a big theme of only you can define yourself. Um, nobody else can define your sexuality or gender identity or anything for you. You have to do it yourself. The only thing that I, I won't say I disagree, but kind of throws a monkey wrench in the mix is when I came out and presented it to my wife, I was now making her redefine herself, not by her choice. By my choice, she had to redefine herself. So now she went from being a straight female to being possibly perceived 
as lesbian. And I know that's difficult to have something forced upon you by someone else. That's ultimately one of the things that kind of uh, led to our demise. She wasn't ready to have me define that way. So, uh, and I fully understand uh, before I transitioned, before I finally broke out of the closet, I wasn't a very nice person to be perfectly honest with you. I was having internal issues. I was having anger issues. I was having, you know, self-perception issues. And unfortunately, I, she was the blunt of some of those. She got to take some of the, some of those things before I could finally present it to her and be authentic to myself. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, again, I think what you just described is a common thread that does flow through. Um, maybe not so much on female to male, still possible but i've definitely seen it very commonly amongst male to female transitioning um where there is a lot of anger um i don't know necessarily because i'm not a psychologist i'm not a psychiatrist i am not a therapist but <clears throat> i'm not entirely sure where all that comes from but i feel self-hatred is probably a very large portion of this anger um this lashing out that we do and yeah I can see that it's being very daunting. I am no different than you in that aspect. I did the same thing to my wife before coming out and realizing, basically trying to become my, my, my authentic self. So I sympathize very much with what you're going through. Um, I also think it's very important that you brought that fact up to our viewers and our listeners um, who are watching right now that your spouse is an individual. They have their own feelings, they have their own labels that they like, that they want, that they are comfortable with. And yes, for those transgender people out there who are transitioning, I know it's about us. The trans day of visibility, it's about us. But at the same time, we leave awake through life. Whenever we walk through life, we leave awake. And there are people who are affected by that wake. Our spouses are definitely one of those people. And to sit here and think that no damage will come because all of a sudden we're finally being ourselves. Now, I wouldn't classify this as a choice. We are who we are, and there's not much that can be done about it. But our actions that we take after becoming our authentic selves, yes, those absolutely impact <clears throat> our loved ones and the people around us. And, and no, it's hard. And we can't be mad that let's say in your particular example that your wife's like, I'm not ready to be labeled as a lesbian or bi or whatever the case might be. I'm not ready for that. And I can completely understand that. Um, my wife struggles with the very same thing. Um, she's not ready to be labeled as something specific just because, okay, now she's married to a woman. Um, these are all things that take a lot of effort and time to work through and I want to make sure that those trans people who maybe are closeted and are watching the show understand that to be prepared, to be open and honest with your spouse or your partner, let them know it's okay that they're maybe a little uncomfortable, possibly even mildly upset. Like you had said, you're coming out and your realization to your wife was not necessarily well received. Um, I don't know of any, any person, myself included, who came out to family or their spouse that it was like, yay, 
Um, I don't remember anyone distinctly jumping up and down for joy like, oh great, you're trans. Yeah, that just doesn't really happen. At least not right now that I'm aware of. But at the same point though, it's a struggle and it's a struggle that seems to be very common in our community. But it's also one that's very, very overcomable. It's not the end of the world. Um, my wife and I, and I thank my lucky stars every day, are still together and we're working on it. Um, I feel very privileged in that fact. Um, and then obviously there are many that that doesn't work out that way. Um, but not to dig too much deeper into that for you, I wanted to ask, so what's come of you since then, since your spouse and you have separated? Um, are you guys still cordial? Do you still speak? Are you guys still friends? Um, we're on talking terms. Um, I did get a chance after five years to see both uh, my wife and my son um, again for the first time, almost exactly a year ago. In fact, um, on my phone, it, you know, my little photo thing reminded me that it's been a year since I've seen them. And we are on speaking terms um, as long as the subjects are kind of neutral. Um, if we're talking about uh, family or friends or, you know, the weather or something like that. But uh, very often it has a tendency to deteriorate if anything comes along speaking about how, how and why and what happened. Then things had a tendency to deteriorate a little bit. But uh, um, luckily we still are on speaking terms. Um, one of the things that did happen to me, though, is after everything kind of fell apart, and I was living in, you know, one of the, the most open-minded, um, you know, liberal states you could think of, Utah. <laughs> um, so when I came here to Florida, um, I kind of fled. Um, it's one of, if I have one, of, one or more regrets in my life, I just kind of upped and left. Um, I, I was having a very difficult time um, watching my wife move on. Um, losing contact with my son and still fighting within myself about whether or not it was the correct um, decision to pursue what I what I knew the issue was. So I just up and left and came to Florida, um, Googled top three places or top five places to transition in and Orlando, Florida came up and uh, um, an opportunity to work for that major central Florida theme organization uh, was presented to me. So so I decided to uh, to do that. Um, hung here for about a year. Got um, ran into a little bit of, uh, of depression because once again I'm struggling. I brought my last couple of paychecks from work with me. I was running out of money. I could only afford a hotel every third night or so. So you know, sleeping in the car at the rest stop and all those things that you do. And once again, I went through another bad session where I was blaming Madison for all of these. And now uh, Madison had destroyed two families, the one that I had created and the one that I was born into. So I was really resentful of her. Um, but luckily here in Orlando, there is a community of people transitioning and getting a chance to meet with them regularly and see them through special events helped really pull me through and uh, got me to the point where I began physical transition on February 7th, 2017, my traniversary. That's amazing, and I'm so glad you mentioned traniversary. I think it's such an important celebration. 
uh, amongst those who are transitioning to try to become their real selves. Um, and sorry, but happy late anniversary. Um, you said it was in February, so I was like, yay, happy anniversary. Um, I actually have mine coming up here pretty soon. It'll be April 16th. That's the day I finally took the plunge and I was like, here we go. You know, um, I think it's also fantastic that you do mention, you know, Madison sometimes in the third person. Because I think, again, that's something a lot of us in the trans community also do. Where, you know, we look at this persona and during our gender confusion and dysphoria and things that unfortunately come along with the transitioning process. You know, we look at this persona as an object outside ourselves sometimes. Um, I know for me more recently, I haven't done it so much for Jinx. Um, I do sometimes talk about dead name. And I talk about dead name in the third person as that wasn't me. That was just this other thing that, you know, I got rid of. You know, it's like their standing joke that's out there. It's like, don't mess with trans women. They already killed one guy. So... And that's, you know, that's what it boils down to. And sometimes it feels like that's what I did. I was like, oh, finally. And, you know, and you just get rid of that person because you get tired of it. But no, the struggle is definitely real. When we see problems arise, like, you know, I'm in business and I have customers and I've had lots of customers that basically stop being customers because they don't want to deal with this. Um, I've lost lots of family. I've lost tons of people who I thought were my friends that are like, no, I don't. I don't want to talk to you anymore. I don't think what you're doing is right. I think what you're doing is gross. I think what you're doing is disgusting. Um, and I don't want to be a part of that. Um, I have an ex-wife um, who I told because we have a child together. And just like you, that child has now been ripped away from me where I don't get to see them. Um, and I can't push words into this person's mouth and say it's solely transphobia. I don't know what it is. All I do know is I was one way, I got to see my son all the time, I was another way, and then I don't get to see my son anymore, and that is very hard. It breaks my heart, I miss my son, so I know and I definitely sympathize with how you feel about your children and not getting to see them for so long, but it does make me happy that you are getting to see them now, um, and I think that's, that's beautiful, but I don't want to be depressing um, on the show for too long although we did like i said we talk about triggering subjects i did want to move into a segment because i wanted your personal opinion on these um obviously as trans people we get asked all kinds of very odd probing questions most of them are irritating i wanted to ask you what you thought the three most irritating or disgusting questions you've ever been asked as a trans woman well I um, the question I get most, um, is for one thing, I'm hugely tall. I'm six foot four. And when I actually do my introductions, um, at work in front of these classes, sometimes numbering 50, 60 people, I always end and I tell them my qualifications and how long I've, I've been employed here. And then at the very end, I say, now I'm going to answer all of these questions that I know you're sitting there thinking about, so I'm going to knock them out out of the way. And the first thing I say, six foot four. And then I look at them and say, the weather up here is fine. I used to play basketball when I was young. And as far as I know, I'm the tallest lady at work. And that's what I do. So I, I get more questions about my height than anything. Now, of course, I've gotten my fair share of questions about um, 
Have you had the surgery? Um, what was your dead name? Um, things like that that I think are pretty common. Um, we get a lot, but usually asking me about my private areas is the worst thing that you could possibly do. Um, if, if you want to find out how bad it is, just walk up to anyone else and ask them, hey, tell me about your private parts and see if that doesn't give you a, uh, a, a good Will Smith slap. Yes. Yes. Um, and I want to point that out for our listeners and viewers. I know that my listeners and viewers are not necessarily just the kind of people who walk up and ask someone inappropriate questions. But for those that might be in that category, and I think Madison brings up a very good point, it is never acceptable to ask anybody about their genitalia. And if you want proof, I want you to go to your grandma. And I want you to walk up to your grandma and say, hey, grandma, what's your vagina look like? And find out how well that goes. See what grandma does. So if you wouldn't walk up to your own grandma and ask her about her junk, it's probably not appropriate to walk up to anyone, particularly transgender people, and ask them about theirs. If a transgender person wants to tell you about whether or not they've had, we call it bottom surgery, um, they'll tell you. Trust me, if they're excited and happy about it, they'll tell everybody, like, hey, I finally got one, hooray! You know, it's not really happy or good or nice to just walk up and ask them about that. And I think, Madison, you also brought up another really irritating question that's highly inappropriate. When people ask you what your dead name was, it doesn't matter. It's a dead name. That's why we say dead name. It's gone. That person no longer exists. That name is no longer anywhere to be found. And most transgender people would like to keep it that way. They're uncomfortable talking about it. You make them uncomfortable when you ask them about it. It's just annoying more than anything. Um, but yeah, back to you, Madison. Is there any others that just get under your skin or get your goat? Um, those are probably the worst, uh, the worst ones. Um, one that I do occasionally get is, um, and this happens occasionally at work, um, because I do work with the public quite a lot. And I, I, I actually take that very seriously. I know I represent the company that I work for. I know I represent the location that I work for, but I also have something that a lot of folks don't understand is I represent people like us, the people who have been through gender transition. And with visitors coming from all over the world, all over the United States, I might be the very first person like this that they have ever run into. So I'm subject to a lot of questions as, as I may be interacting with someone from Nowheresville, North Dakota. Um, and if you're listening from North Dakota, no offense, but they'll have questions about me like, how long have you been this way? Have, you know, tell me all these things about you, um, which is an awkward conversation you're having when you're visiting with them for 10 minutes as you escort them to a section of the restaurant I might be training at. So getting those kind of questions sometimes throws me off. Um, because I'm not expecting them, um, especially during work time. 
I completely understand that. And I'm hoping that our viewers and the people who watch the show will also understand that. That the one thing I would put out in that aspect to anybody who's tuning in, that transgendered people are not a walking encyclopedia, they are not your dictionary, and they are not Google. They owe you no explanations. They don't have to answer your questions. And oftentimes, it's not necessarily appropriate or kind to bombard them with questions. Now, Madison, I get that you work in a very publicly visible position. Um, and yes, there are people from all over the country and the world who may come in there and that you're right. You might be the very first person like that they've ever known or met. So I think it's to be expected, and I would say this to my transgendered followers and listeners, you can't be pissed all of the time because someone has a question. Sometimes it's okay to be open and forthcoming and answer their questions. Now, I'm not saying you got to make a career out of it, and I'm not saying you got to go out there and answer every single person's debaucherous question about what it is you are, how long you've been that way, whatever. Because um, that's not your place either. You know, no one's asking you to do that. But I don't think we've got to jump people or, you know, just be pissed all the time because they walk up and say, hey, when did you know you were trans? Or how long have you been trans? Simple answers are, I've known my whole life and I've always been trans. And that's all you need to give them. You don't have to go into detail unless it's someone you know. Maybe you want to go into detail. And for those people who are reluctant to answer those kinds of questions to people, don't be. It's your life. You're allowed to talk about it. That's, what the, that's the whole point of the Trans Day of Visibility is that we are here. We exist. We are valid. You know, we work in amazing places that are like large theme parks in the state of Florida. You know, we own businesses. We're internet service providers. We're broadcast hosts. You know, we're your waiters and waitresses at restaurants, teachers. We're all kinds of things. And that's the main point I wanted for this, you know, these upcoming segments of Trans Confessions to bring my guests on so that people can see. I want to extend the Trans Day of Visibility to the year of trans visibility. I want to make 2022 the year where people learn that we are just like everybody else. We hold jobs, we have families, we love, we hate, we're sad, we're happy, we're community members. Heck, I even know, and this definitely threw me for a loop when I heard this, I know transgender people who are Christians and go to church. And I was like, how'd that happen? But it does happen. We are there. We're sitting in the pew right next to you, and you might not even know it. But we want to make sure people do. Yes, we're here. We are valid. We do wonderful things. Madison, I think, is a beautiful example of how important and great the work we do is and that people should be not scared of what we are or who we are, but happy to meet us and say, hey, I'm so glad I got a chance to meet you. You have such a fascinating life. Would you be willing to tell me more about it? And that is the whole point of this show. Madison, I think it's been fantastic <laughs> having you here. Did you have anything else you wanted to share? Um, yeah, there's actually a little bit more to the story that I haven't delved into yet. Um, on March 3rd um, of the 17th, uh, less than a month after I had started my physical transition, I was in a coma. I uh, fell into a coma for 
a few weeks, um, total recovery from that coma, nearly a month. Um, and it wasn't diagnosed until April of that year that I actually had a very aggressive form of cancer. So now not only was I in transition, but now I was battling cancer at the same time. Oh, wow. I'm so sorry to hear that. That I know that must have been very difficult for you. And I mean, nobody wants to, to hear those things. And I know it's probably very difficult for you to talk about it. But um, are you still battling cancer or have you defeated it? It's not official yet. And ironically, as my television show was airing, um, I was actually hospitalized with complications from part of uh, my cancer surgery. Um, they ended up having to, they uh, kept my kidneys, of course, uh, kind of need those, but everything underneath that had to go. Um, so they surgically removed everything below my kidneys, um, took out a section of colon and formed a makeshift bladder called an ileal conduit um, in there. And uh, there was complications from that recently. So it, uh, it is still an ongoing battle. Um, it is still something that is ever present and uh, did some interesting things because here I am trying to transition and now I'm battling cancer. And it certainly delayed my schedule of what things I wanted to do physically um, because I had to recover from cancer first. Um, so it's, it, it's definitely been a, a, an added layer of struggle, um, to everything that has happened since my arrival here in Florida. I, I have no words and, um, I just want to know that, you know, I support you and if you ever need anything, you have my email now. Um, but I think it's a good lesson for people on both sides of the, the trans life. Um, that is that trans people are just like everyone else. We suffer the same things everyone else does. We get sick, we have problems, our bodies do whatever they're going to do. And it doesn't make us any different than anyone else. At the same time, um, you know, there's a lot of young trans people that are out there, and we call them trans babies, um, that are just either coming into their own, just discovering themselves, they're very youthful and think that somehow transitioning HRT, the medication you're on is magic and it's just gonna turn you this gorgeous, beautiful thing or the rugged, handsome thing or for our non-binary listeners, just androgyny, whatever it is you're going for. Um, and it's not that, it's not magic. You know, um, we have to take care of ourselves. Now, the one thing I have noticed, particularly amongst transgender folks, is that because our transition does tend to make us happier with ourselves that we start treating ourselves better. We go to the doctor, we get checked out, we make sure that we take our vitamins, our medicine, we eat better. Um, I've had lots of people who walk and be like, wow, you lost so much weight, your skin looks fantastic, how did you lose 10 years? Oh my goodness, it's wonderful. It's like, it's not the HRT alone. The HRT was the catalyst that made me happy. Being happy and then looking in the mirror going, holy crap, I'm old. It's like, I don't want to be old. I want to be healthy and youthful and vibrant. And that triggered me to go do things like skin routines and exercise and run and eat better. So I want all of our trans listeners to know HRT is great. 
it is definitely the mental boost that we all need. Um, it is not magic. It is not magic. It's not going to heal you of all of your ailments. It's just going to make you happy enough that you're smart enough to identify them and do something about it. And Madison, I think that's important you brought that up. It's funny that you mentioned that. Um, on my phone, um, where I hated, and this is something a lot of uh, folks who've gone through gender transition can relate to, I didn't have a lot of pictures of myself pre-transition. I hated selfies. If we were on vacation, I was the photographer, so I never took any pictures of myself, or at least minimal amount. And now, of course, my phone is filled with lots and lots and lots of selfies. Um, but I do keep one picture of myself pre-transition. Um, and that was I uh, weighed about 320 pounds. Um, I'm currently about 180, 190 right now. So it was funny that when I committed to transition, as I got more pleased with myself and my progress, um, how much better I took care of myself because I didn't hate the person I saw in the mirror. I didn't hate the person that would appear in photos. I was actually getting more and more comfortable with myself. And again, I'm sure this is something that every, every one of us goes through. You're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. It's one of those things that we all kind of go through this and it's varying different levels, of course. I don't think everybody's the same. That would be impossible. But yeah, like, you know, your story being very similar to my own, I can go back 20 years of digital photography. Sometimes phones were the selfie. Um, I had no selfies. I'm not even gonna lie. Um, I never ever took a selfie in my entire life until I transitioned. Um, I didn't like having my photo taken, period. So, you know, I sat down with my wife not that long ago and we're going through like, you know, the family albums which they're all digital now and we're scrolling through pictures and it's like kids kids wife kids kids wife family kids wife lots of family lots of kids pictures lots of pictures of my wife and then occasionally thrown in there you'd see one of me that my wife took and you can see how angry i was in the picture that she took it like hey don't take pictures of me. Um, it's because I hated myself. I hated the visage that I presented to the world. And I didn't want it to be on public display. I didn't want it to be remembered. Um, I took photos for posterity is basically what it was. So I've got military photos. I've got stuff like that. My graduation from my MBA and my graduation from my DBA. You know, stuff like that. Like, all right, I'm not going to be able to escape this. I'll smile. And then that'll be the end of it. Um, so yeah, I get, like I get it. I get it. it's like, uh, um, I know where you come from, and I think a lot of us might be feeling the same way. But just like you now, well, I got selfies everywhere. I'm like sitting outside at the park, and I'm like, you know, take a picture real quick. You know, got to get the good angle with the good lighting. Um, you know, things of that particular, <laughs> particular, you know, motion. So I, I definitely understand. Um, and then I feel for it. I really do. Uh, oh, my dog has decided to lose his mind. So all the people listening, that's Archer. They love Archer and he's great. Um, I wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of make any closing statements, Madison. And then we're going to open it up for what I call basically Q&A from our listeners and our viewers, if we have any. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add about your story? 
No, not, not much to add. Um, it, one of the things that I did find interesting was I found it very difficult to watch my own television show. Um, when it came on, um, I was at home. It aired a couple of hours earlier than I thought. It actually dropped, so I was able to sit there and watch it. And it took me probably 90 minutes to get through a 24-minute show because I kept pausing it and saying, oh my God, what a dork. You said that, you did that. Oh my God, what are you doing? You know how many people are gonna see this? Um, so for anybody out there like yourself um, or anyone else who's presenting and showing the world what we are, it's, it's a very interesting experience to be able to see yourself that way, especially to see yourself from a perspective that others might not. When we were filming the show, like for instance, on the zip line, I had to do that three times. I had to do it once for the regular cameras, another time for the GoPro, and another time for the drone. So to have to go through all those different things and to watch what they did when they put them together was, was just awesome. They did an excellent job with that television show. Um, and uh, you know, to experience all those things, um, and see myself that way was really, really a, an eye-opening experience. I think that's great. Um, I haven't been on any major TV shows, but obviously, you know, these are live. We do these live. And I will go back and I will watch these sometimes in post-production because, you know, sometimes we'll do a little bit of editing on them. You know, we've had some odd bloopers in the past we've had to go back cut out re-upload the live episode because it's like ooh, i'm violating some serious standards here um but i do sometimes go watch and i'll see myself i listen to my own voice um i still can't stand my voice despite training and surgery and stuff like that but i'm also not a month past healing from it um i sound like one of the characters at the place you work so that's basically what it boils down to <laughs> Um, and it's like, uh, but it's getting better. Uh, but yeah, I look at myself and I was like, wow, you know, I sound really dumb or like, wow, look how goofy I look, you know, or I'm like staring at something. What am I staring at? Um, so yeah, <laughs> I do it all the time, but I will say this. I've seen videos of me pre-transition that people will get me in and I'm not happy about it, but they're there. And I listen to my voice then, and I listen to my voice now, and I'm like, wow, what a huge change. Um, I look at, I was way goofier um, back pre-transition than I am now because I felt very just blue all the time. So yeah, I was a giant dork. Um, I'm not as tall as you are. I've shrank a little bit. I'm 6'1". Um, so I'm not a a short woman. I'm a pretty tall woman for all things considered. So I was not only a giant dork, I was a tall giant dork. So it's like, just seeing the changes are amazing. Um, it's crazy to say, but yeah, I get it. Like it's, it's a very wonderful experience. But Madison, I wanted to say thank you so very much for joining us today. Um, I'm very proud of your transition. I'm proud to know you. Um, do you want to let anyone know your socials? Do you have public socials you'd like people to follow you or um, are you pretty much off the grid? Um, no, I'm not off the grid by any chance. I'm all over social media. Um, if you'd like to contact me, I mean, my email is my name, madisonwilkins at hotmail.com. 
go ahead and send me some stuff that way. I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook. Um, just type in Madison Wilkins and, and Orlando, and I'm sure you'll be able to find me. Um, I can't really hide out there. Like I say, the, the television show did expose both my first name and last name and where I work and where I'm from and uh, uh, all those things like that. So it makes it a little more difficult to hide. Not 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 that I want to hide any anyway. I mean, uh, as we look back on the trans day of visibility, the visibility part is really, really the most important part. Um, one of the things I do and have tried to maintain is I like to live by example. And I know lots of people who have contacted me through social media that had seen me in the park and, you know, may have been a little bit critical. And as they've gotten to know me, they've realized, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just a person. I'm just a person. And a lot of preconceived notions about us out there um, have been put by the wayside just because they've been able to interact with another human being. Right now, there's so many people out there who think that all they think about all day long is this legislation and that legislation and fighting to use the restroom and doing all those different things like that. But we're not. We just go about our daily business. And the more we go about our daily business, the more we set the example of people to live their life out. Um, there's somebody here that lives here in Florida that I have not had a chance to meet and I greatly admire. And I hope she doesn't mind if I mention her name. Her name is uh, Haley Davidson. And she is trying to break through to the ladies' golf ranks um, and is meeting with quite a bit of resistance and, pick, and has uh, dealt with a lot of the same things that we all have. And hopefully I'll get a chance to meet her. She is from the area. Um, but she's another prime example. She just goes about her business, does her game, answers those questions, those awkward questions, and does what she can. And that's, that's the same way you are. That's the same way I am. And so many of us uh, out there are, are like that. Our visibility is 90% of the fight. Absolutely. Absolutely. The visibility is the most important part. And I do hope you get a chance to meet this person, um, maybe have a discussion. I feel for that she's struggling that way. And we see it unfold every day in the news. Um, you know, issues with trans people in sports, issues with trans people in women's spaces. Whatever the argument is, it's, it's all a lot of fluff, unfortunately, but it is something that by us being visible and people seeing us and becoming accustomed to the fact that we do exist, we are real, we're not this like fake boogeyman or monster that a lot of the media tries to portray us to be. We're just people. We're just people with jobs and aspirations and wants and needs and everything else. Um, and that's why I think the Trans Day visibility and then hopefully the Jinx Year visibility that we're going to be doing from now and all the way through my surgeries is going to let people know like, hey, we are here and it's okay. Like, it's not the end of the world. We're just normal. It's not like we're new. This, this is not a new thing. We've been around for eons. For as long as humanity has existed, transgender people have existed. Um, it's just now people are talking about it more and I think that's good. I think it's good. Um, again, Madison, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Anytime. Well, folks, I think we're going to go ahead and move into our next segment. Madison, I want to say thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. You have a beautiful time. Thank you so much for meeting me. I'm going to send you a follow-up email um, after the show to get your opinion. Um, you can actually stay on. You can use the private chat if you want. 
Um, but folks and fans and listeners who are listening, let's all say goodbye to Madison. Thank you so much. And you are a beautiful soul. Thank you so much. Um, I'll stick around for a little while longer in case anybody might want to shoot me a question. All right. Thank you so much, Madison. Bye now. Madison is wonderful. I am so honored I got an opportunity to speak to her today. And she took the time out of her very busy schedule to be with us and, you know, answer some questions. Um, oh, I'm actually going to post this because Madison is still watching. There you go. Um, so, the, unfortunately, it does not show the uh, icons very well, caffeine. So, the Twitch Unity is basically an icon. Um, thank you for posting that. That was wonderful of you. Um, <clears throat> I think it's a beautiful thing that we as trans people can take this opportunity for us to see us and be visible in the world. And I'm not saying that trans women or trans non-binary feminine presenting have to go out looking the way I am right now. I do this for me. I don't do this for anybody else. The whole point of being visible as a trans person is to be how you want to be, who you want to be, and when you want to be it. And then just be visible to everyone else saying, yes, I am here. And you may not like me, you may not like the way I look, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm gonna be here for the foreseeable future. And I think that's important. But I also know it's hard. Yesterday was the official Trans Day of Visibility, and I am not going to lie. The only thing I wanted to do yesterday was hide in a hole and pretend like I didn't exist. Because the unfortunate reality of the Trans Day of Visibility is that although there are lots and lots of people who are capable of being open-minded and want to learn, sometimes it feels that those people are outnumbered by the awful people who want to do nothing more than just make a trans person life miserable or disappear. It's very, very common these days to hear some of the absolute filthy hate that gets spewed in the name of transgendered people. We are not a source of hate. We are not a source of the kind of things that people tell us that we are. We are not the end of society. We are not the downfall to the economy. We are not causing healthcare costs to skyrocket. Whatever nonsense is out there, I can promise you, we are not its source. But we are real. We are real and our journeys are valid. And I'm tired of being afraid of those journeys. I'm tired of being afraid of letting people see what those journeys are. I really am. So for me, to celebrate my Trans Day of Visibility, um, and this picture is actually pretty old. I'm going to put up there for a very brief moment for my viewers and my listeners to see my transition. So what you're seeing here, the dates are all there. And this is about as real as you're ever going to get. It is the only thing I have left that has my dead name on it. And you can see quite quickly what happiness actually does for people. This is a very short period. This is four and a half months. That's all it is. Four and a half months and there are no filters. It's just what you see is happy. That's all it is. 
happy. I showed that to a few people, and they had compared it to the likening of, you look like a grumpy old corpse. And then all of a sudden, your eyes got brighter, and you were able to see. Thank you for showing me, Madison. That's awesome. I think that the Trans Day of Visibility is important. It was the International Transgender Day of Visibility. I apologize for the picture. You know, the low quality anyway. Um, I was actually sent that. But the one thing I really wanted to kind of touch base on right now as it pertains to the Transgender Day of Visibility is how important it is for very vulnerable youth. There have been an absolute ton absolute ton of legislation that's been passed recently with an attempt to shield or protect or whatever they want to call it children and I'm here to say that it's a farce they have no intention on protecting children and they never did transgender children just like anyone in the LGBTQ plus community are always going to be whatever they are, regardless of whether or not they're allowed to talk about it. The only difference between not having laws and stupid things in place preventing the rest of humanity from acknowledging this person's gayness or bi-ness or pan-ness or trans-ness or whatever it might be, or all of it, who knows, is that that person's going to feel left out. They're going to feel like they don't belong. They're going to feel ostracized from the rest of society. And they're going to build resentment as they become adults. They don't stop being gay. They don't stop being trans just because, well, you don't want to talk about it. They're still trans. They're still very much gay. Just now they're going to hide. And they're going to be in pain. And they're going to grow angry, resentful, hateful. And they're still going to be gay when they're adults. Or they're going to do things that are possibly dangerous because they feel like they have to hide who they are. They're going to do things that are questionable or awful for themselves or maybe those around them because they feel like they have to hide who they are. And that's scary. That's absolutely scary. Oh, said so Caffeine sent a picture of me on my phone. I'm actually going to look at it. Caffeine, I'm going to look to see what you sent me. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> That's terrible. And where did you find that and how did you get this picture? <laughs> Was that our music assignment, Caffeine? Was that like when we had the music assignment we did at your house when we were little? <laughs> my wife's gonna love that. I'm sorry, my wife's gonna love that. Holy moly. Um, I'll do my best to see if I can bring it up. I don't know if I can or not, mid-show. But I think it's important that we all sit and we relax and we calm down a little bit and we're like, hey, Let's kind of take a step back. Let's stop all the hate. Let's stop all the nonsense. We don't have to be this way. We don't. There's literally no reason for us to act the way we do. There's no reason for all the hate. Trans people are just people. We don't ask for special privileges. 
I've never seen any single trans person, even the most staunch activists amongst us, have never asked for or demanded anything from anybody that someone else doesn't already have, that the rest of society generally already has. Transgender folks are a marginalized group of people. We're marginalized and we're scared. We are absolutely scared. And it's not fair. It's not fair at all. So when we ask for things, we're not asking, you know, because like, oh, we must have this or this is absolutely necessary or whatever the case may be. That's not what we're doing. We just want the same thing everyone else has. I want to be able to wake up in the morning. I want to be able to go outside. I want to be able to check my mail and I want to be able to do such things without having someone scream a homophobic slur as they drive by. I would like to be able to do such things without having things thrown at my house. I would like to be able to go out in public and not have people sneer or stare at me all day. I'm nothing different. I'm just like everyone else. I just happen to be born in the wrong body. I don't think it's asking too much of anybody to acknowledge that. I just don't. We got a couple of more chats. What do we got here? Oh yeah, let's see. Oh, that's right, yes, we came to visit you at school. That was, that's when I had that Cavalier, ew. That was a terrible, terrible car. <laughs> Gotta love the 80s and the 90s, folks. Um, I tried to find your picture. I saved it to my system. Um, it hasn't uploaded yet, so I can't pull it um, into the show. I wish I could, because um, y'all get a kick out of this. You know, I'm slowly becoming less embarrassed about my fake self. Um, not to say that I'm not completely embarrassed. I am absolutely embarrassed of who I used to be because, like, oh, my God, it's terrible. Um, let me see here. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's terrible. Yeah, it's also, like I said, this is an explicit show. Um, so this is an explicit picture. Again, viewer discretion is absolutely advised. Let's see, I'm hoping it uploads. I don't know if it will or not. Platform is a little odd in that way. <coughs> but I think in my closing statements, as it pertains to the Trans Day of Visibility, my goal for this year, for all of my viewers, is to be more transparent myself. To show that it's okay to be transgendered, and it's okay to do so publicly and unapologetically. No trans person should ever have to apologize for who they are. We, owe, we don't owe the world an explanation. It is okay if you're a trans woman and you're six foot one, five foot five, six foot four, big hands like mine, small hands, it makes no difference. It doesn't make you any less of a woman, and it doesn't make you any less valid. You don't have to go through hormone replacement therapy. 
And it doesn't matter what stage of your hormone replacement therapy you are in. You're still just as valid. And that is important. That is absolutely important. You are still valid. Never be afraid of who you are or what you're capable of. Although normally we do our hour and a half shows, we've gone a little bit over the hour mark. I think I'm going to end it here today. But know to all my listeners that yes, absolutely, you can watch this on demand if you missed any part of it live. It's available on my website. <clears throat> it is available on my YouTube channel. It is available on my Twitch feed. It's available on my Facebook page. And yes, you can even find it on Twitter. The website is the best place to go for anything you want to find. And that website's displaying on the screen right now. Also, while you're there on the website, go ahead and check out my merch store. I got lots of great pride gear on there as well as things that are not pride gear. So maybe you're not in the community. Maybe you're just an ally. Maybe you're a supporter. Maybe you're neither. Maybe you just want some good jewelry or some great makeup or some makeup tools. Well, that's all available on the merch store, too. So check it out. You can see all my past videos, all our past episodes. All my social medias are available on the website as well. You can check me out on your favorite platform, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, <coughs> Twitter, Facebook, whatever your flavor is. You can check it out there. Most of my posts and my videos are very amusing for the most part. So if you're just up for a good laugh or maybe you want to see some spicy, uh, whatever the case might be, you're going to be able to find it on my website. And then once again, if you're looking to catch this, not only are we on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we're also on Spotify and on your favorite podcast RSS feeds. Just look for Trans Confessions, A Very Queer Journey, or you can look for me, Jinx the Wonder Girl, and you should be able to find it that way. Again, <clears throat> all that is also linked on the website. I want to say thank you to everyone who joined us today. I want to give another special, wonderful thanks to Madison for taking the time out of her very busy and awesome schedule to join us and talk about her life and her transition and the things that she's dealt with. I really hope we get to see her again on an episode in the future. If you are a transgendered person, and it doesn't matter how you identify, and you would like to tell your story, go to my website. My email address is at the bottom of every page on that website. Shoot me an email. Let me know who you are and why you want to share your story. I would like to fill every episode I do in 2022 with other people who are trans so they can be visible. I think it's a beautiful thing. Once again, folks, thank you again so much for joining us. I look forward to doing another episode. I look forward to seeing you all again. Take it easy, everyone. <laughs>